The Pat Kenny Show on News Talk with Matter Private Network. During current restrictions, don't ignore your health concerns. Our expert team is ready to help. Luke O'Neill, Professor of Biochemistry at Trinity College in Dublin. Good morning and welcome. Good morning, Pat. Mentioned Gavin James, talking to Gavin later on in the programme, and you, you were tweeting about his forthcoming concert. I was, yeah, antigen testing, Pat, one of our favourite things. They're going to have mass antigen testing at the concert, which is tremendous. It's three and a half thousand people will be going, and then they all have to have the test. And then, of course, if they're, if they're positive, they won't be let in. And, of course, this is exactly what we want to see, isn't it? And any big event should really have antigen testing at it, and that's going to happen. So it's, it's a really good development, I think. Yeah, I, I saw the primetime report the other night uh, looking at the full stadium in Copenhagen for the Danish match. And people are wondering, you know, they contrasted it to the match between Bows and Rovers with a, you know, a sparsely uh, occupied stadium. And then they did a comparison uh, because we have better vaccination than Denmark. 61% first dose here, Denmark 43%. Um, second dose here, 31%, Denmark, 24%. And you're saying, well, how can they have a packed yeah. stadium? Exactly. How, how yeah. do they do it? One Antigen testing. testing. Yeah, that's exactly right. They've got a hugely effective testing protocol in Denmark. And they're allowing antigen testing for travel as well, remember. They've, they've, they've said like antigen testing will do for the travel thing too, you see. So they've obviously fully bought into antigen testing, as have many countries, as we know. I think this IMMA gig is a good development, but I suspect we're going to see a lot more of it, hopefully. That, that is the plan, I believe, to, to roll it out more and more. And that's what we want, isn't it? So it is happening, I think. It's just we need to get on with it. Now, the Danes have a population of uh, almost 6 million compared to our 5 million, but they are doing 500,000 antigen tests every day. And like I heard a story yesterday, a fellow going into a bar with his pals uh, stopped at the door. His uh, QR code on his phone was out of date. His test um, was 24 hours old or whatever. And they said, sorry, you can't come in. So he walked 400 yards into a tent down the road, got an antigen test on the spot, sat there for 20 minutes waiting for the result got the green light and into the bar and had his pint. Exactly. You'd be envious, Pat. Would you be envious? We should have that here, shouldn't we? I don't. Now, remember, Pat, it's all the more relevant with the Delta variants because the antigen tests do pick up that variant. And now that we know that one is now spreading in young people, you could catch it through antigen testing. And then, as we say, just tell the person who's positive to go home. That's all you got to say, you know. And if you're negative, you carry on with the public health guidelines is the, is the instruction. Yeah. That's all we have to say to people, really. You know? And that's what the Danes are doing. You see, the again, if you look at the public messaging there, it's really good, Pat. You know, the way they describe it, the limitations, it's, it's not a magic bullet nobody ever said it was you know so they get the messaging out really clearly in Denmark as well yeah it tells you you're infectious now you can't come in yeah. go home yeah exactly uh, yeah. or you're not infectious at the moment so come in and have your pint yeah it uh, doesn't mean you won't be infectious tomorrow so you'll have another test tomorrow if you want another pint yeah. that kind of thing exactly That's it. simple 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 now interesting stuff about vaccinating adults and somehow the children are protected. Explain. Yeah, it's fascinating. So it's done in Brazil, in a place called Serrana, where they really monitored the whole city for vaccination. 98% of the adults were vaccinated with two doses. Now, it was the Sinovac vaccine, mind you, which is, now this is a good one, but it's only 50% efficacious, that Chinese vaccine. So not as good as the others, but still, they got nearly all the adults were vaccinated. And there was an 80% decrease in symptomatic disease, 95% decrease in deaths. So even though it's 50% efficacious, it's still having a remarkable 
remarkable effect, you see. But very importantly, the children didn't get infected. In other words, they only vaccinated the adult population. 62% of the population are adults. The rest are under 18. And there was evidence that there was no spreading into children. So it's a really good one because it does suggest you can achieve immunity in the adult population and it won't spread into children. And of course, that, that feeds into our debate as to whether we should be vaccinating children anyway. You know, But that, that study mm-hmm. certainly says if you, if you get the adults vaccinated they're a lot less likely to see children pick up the infection anyway because of the immunity in the adult population. And they looked also at Israel and the United States where, you know, vaccination rates are very high. Is the similar effect observed there? There is, yeah. The US is very similar. Exactly between January and May, there was an 84% decrease in infection in children. And remember, they've only vaccinated the adults at that stage. They hadn't started on the children. They have started now for the 12 to 18-year-olds, by the way, in the US. But I see there's 7 million have been vaccinated. But that kind of data suggests you shouldn't need to do that. So yet again, evidence, if the adults are vaccinated, it won't spread into children. What's interesting, Pat, as well, is they think the main place children get infected are from adults as opposed to from each other is the other consequence of this. And and studies in schools are supporting that. In other words, there have been some outbreaks in schools. Of course, there have. But the main source of infection into a child is from an adult. So therefore, if the adult is vaccinated, that decreases the chance of the child becoming infected, which again is a very important uh, piece of data. Now, again, it's still still being studied, obviously. It isn't definitive. But that's what the data currently suggests. And do they have a theory as to why the children do not get as infected uh, as the adults do? Now, as you mentioned, some children do get infected, but is there a, a physiological, biological reason why they don't get as bad? They do. Well, first of all, it's it's really good because if a child gets infected, they have a massive immune response to the virus. They're really sort of all guns blazing and they eliminate the virus very quickly. Hence, they don't get very sick. That's the first thing. And then secondly, they don't spread it much But between them. It could be because there's like interest enough, but it could be the height. Smaller people, basically, less aerosols come out and that doesn't generate as much aerosol is one reason because they're a bit smaller in stature, you know, the smaller scale kind of thing, you know. So there's evidence growing that children aren't a major source of spread, basically. If that holds up, that's, that's obviously really good news as well because our fears over schools and so on then are a lot lessened by these kinds of studies, you see. So it it's mainly seems to be their strong immune system protects them. And Israel, the same results about the schools and children, even though they don't have the children vaccinated, there's been a huge drop in infection in schools. There has, there has. In fact, Israel, they've got great data, as we know. So so in January, uh, there was 559 cases per 100,000. That drops down to 1.5 per 100,000 once the vaccines are out. You know, so there's a massive drop in in infection then because of the vaccination. And again, in children, equally, there's a drop in cases in children, even though you haven't vaccinated them. So again, that's the kind of place where we get this data from. In other words, we're seeing a similar drop in children as in adults, and the children have not yet been vaccinated. So it must be... It's not spreading from the adult into the child is the idea. Now, uh, the UK, you say it's a slightly more complicated picture. Is that because they spread out the doses and didn't get as much protection as they needed from the Delta? Yeah, and it, it's it's not a... Def- what, what we're saying, there's a slight question mark over some of what we've been discussing overall, because in England there have been outbreaks in schools, for instance, although not very many. There was nearly 100 outbreaks uh, out of 25,000 schools, though, so it's still a small number. But there can be outbreaks among children, so it's not as if it's definite, you know. Or no, Sorry, that's what it's way. It can happen occasionally, you know. So there is a slight concern still about this overall idea, because you will see spread amongst children in certain situations. But overall, the UK seems to be similar, you know, in other words. Now, the other thing is there, there are reports in the UK of Delta giving a few symptoms in children. They're getting sniffles a bit more, maybe. That's still being examined closely. We're in the thick of the Delta thing, of course, we're going to still examine the date on that. So perhaps that one might be more likely to infect children. We don't know that yet. So there's still, there's still some unanswered questions, really.
Now, you've been looking at sunlight and how it might kill SARS-CoV-2, depending on how much sun you have and also the material that the infection might be uh, residing in. Yeah, th- this is an important one, in fact, because UV light can kill the virus. Now, we- we'd seen this even nine months ago. There was good evidence that UV light was a great way to kill off the virus. Uh, but a very systematic study using sunlight, which, of course, would be the main source of UV light that we have. And they tested the virus in different situations, and they, they saw the sunlight could kill it and-, and kind of confirmed earlier studies, I guess. One thing, they timed how long it took, Pat, for the sunlight to kill the virus. So if it's in mucus, which is stuff that you cough out of your... They, they created that in the lab, kind of. It took a bit longer to kill from sunlight, say, than if it was on a surface, like on a a bench or whatever it might be. So it depends on what it's in, basically. The big thing they're looking at, Pat, can the sunlight kill it in the air? Because obviously it's infected air that we worry about. They trouble tracking that because it's hard to show that, I guess. But they are predicting sunlight should really be effective if the virus is in the air floating because that'll be very exposed then, you know. So overall, it supports the notion that sunlight's a really good way to kill off the virus. And again, that gives us the idea that it's a bit seasonal because obviously the more sunlight there is in, in the summertime, it's going to kill more of the virus. And then the other thing it talks about, Pat, is the UV lamps. So they would be effective at killing the virus as well. So it supports the notion of UV being a protector, I guess, is the overall bottom line there. Now, tracking variants in the UK tells us a lot about how the pandemic has proceeded. Yeah, now this is really important, but to be honest, given the current topic of Delta and so on, the UK have the best genomics tracking uh, sort of setup in the world, remember, it's called the Sanger Centre in Cambridge and named after a guy called Fred Sanger, by the way, who if you're a biochemist like me, he's a massive hero. He's the guy who figured out how to read the recipe and DNA, basically. He invented that technique and won the Nobel Prize. So, so the Sanger Centre is the world's leading genomics centre and they're tracking virus everywhere all over the UK to see if it's changing. And of course, they saw Alpha and then they saw Delta, the two obvious ones. But can you believe that there were 62 variants were tracked in the UK, different ones, you see, over the course of a six-month period. Now, of those 62, the only two that are what we're of concern are Alpha and Delta. But still, there's variants cropping up the whole time is the first thing. That's what, that's what that study tells us. And they're talking about little sub-epidemics of different variants. You'll see one spike in a certain region and then go away, you know. Another one then kicks in and that begins to dominate. So it's a very dynamic picture in many ways. And of course, for, for the, it's very interesting from a scientific point of view, this is happening. But more importantly, which, which ones are going to be more troublesome? And that's where Alpha came in, of course. And Alpha began to dominate. It's more transmissible begins to take over, you know. It begins to peak at a certain point and then begins to go away. And they reckon the third lockdown in the UK got brought alpha right down. In other words, of evidence that that lockdown was very effective at lowering alpha. But now, of course, all our talk is of Delta. But the, the p- bottom line, Pat, is these variants are going to keep coming. They're going to keep cropping up yeah. the whole time as the real thing. And we need to learn to live with them and handle them in many ways. Yeah, and hopefully the vaccines uh, will either be good enough at the moment or can be boosted with a, a third shot and so on. Speaking of boosts and so on, people are wondering about um, Johnson & Johnson single shot and its effectiveness against Delta. Yeah, there's evidence of that in the lab. I mean, they've, they've, they've taken, say, blood from people who had Johnson & Johnson and then tested the antibodies, and it is able to neutralise Delta. It's lessened, of course. All the vaccines are slightly weakened in that regard. But still, Johnson & Johnson is driving an immune response in people that should protect against Delta. Now, in the field, of course, we don't know yet because they're, they're studying that because there weren't as many Johnson & Johnson jabs given to people in the UK, for instance, or in other places where Delta is. So, But we're, we're confident enough that that, that Johnson & Johnson should protect 
protect and prevent severe disease. Remember, that, that's the key metric to keep reminding people. It doesn't matter if you get infected, really, as long as it doesn't progress into severe disease. And then Johnson & Johnson seems to do that. And getting back to your previous point, about the only way to handle these variants will be booster shots in the autumn. We should get ready for that because that will really kick off the immune system to protect against multiple variants, you see. So the way out of this variant cropping up issue is, is, is extensive vaccination now, of course, but then also booster shots with any of the vaccines should protect. Another one, my son, 23, uh, can have J&J in Holland tomorrow. Do you recommend that he gets it? I would, yeah. And any vaccine you're offered, that, that mantra remains, Pat, because all the vaccines will stop that person developing severe disease, which surely is mission one here when it comes to vaccination. So definitely take it. And then you might get a booster in the autumn anyway. You know, it wouldn't surprise me, but they will bring in boosters for Johnson & Johnson, second shot, just like they with the other ones. You know, Now, I, I, the advice always is take whatever vaccine you're offered. Here's a a, a peculiar one. Can you ask, Luke, if someone is fully vaccinated, what happens if they get COVID and then pass it on to somebody else? How sick will that person get? That's a good question. But you see, remember, there's always a range. Right? Nothing's ever plus or minus, you see. And, and you will have situations where people who are vaccinated might get infected uh, because the dose of virus they're inhaling might be massive and it begins to grow a bit. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the immune system clears it, you see. But, but for a while, they would be classified as being infectious, you know. But remember, what, what the vaccines do is they lower the amount of virus. They kill the virus, remember, the, the vaccines through the antibodies and T cells. So, so if someone is infected post-vaccination, there's a tiny risk that they might spread it, but it's really low. And yet again, but actually this morning, another really good study showing that vaccination stops transmission simply because there'll be a lot less virus in that person because yeah. the immune system is working a bit there. Even if it's slightly less, it'll still work against the virus, you see. So there's a lower risk of someone who's vaccinated spreading the virus to someone else. Yeah, they, they talk about shedding virus, but if you don't have a huge viral load because yeah. you're vaccinated, you're not shedding much. Uh, have you heard anything another listener wants to know about the Delta Plus variant that's been reported in India yeah, that annoyed, and vaccine eff- efficacy? That annoyed me slightly about yesterday. I saw that. We all Yesterday morning, did you see it? It came up, oh, this Delta Plus. I went, oh my God, we yeah, all thought, what it. the hell is this? You know, so it's 30 cases in India, 40 cases. It's a press release. There's no other information on it, you see. So, so I don't, you know, you know I, I'm not against people reporting things, of course, we want to follow openness, don't we? But that kind of thing worries people, you see. And we need more evidence on what that is. Now, it could turn out to be a variant of concern. They've said it is. We need to know more about it. I would wait to see what else we can find out about that and keep an eye on it, you know. But still, remember, the variant issue should be left to the scientists for a while until it's clear there's a danger, you know, and then you'll act. Now, this could turn into that. I'm not saying that it won't, but, uh, but I'm waiting to see more information on that one. All right. Well, on that uh, happy note, uh, we leave it there. Luke O'Neill, Professor of Biochemistry at Trinity College in Dublin. Thank you very much. And we'll talk to Luke again on Monday. 